0: WAPOCNAS is Love People, Loving People to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with NAS to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapocnas.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. It's not February already, is it? Wow, a whole month just passed by my eyes. Well, yeah, I forgot I put this in there. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, it is 2023. I don't know how many of you have already started writing 2022 down when you're supposed to write 2023. Anybody done that yet? All right. (laughs) At least I'm not the only one. Uh, But, uh, you know, the new year transitions and you just, you think about direction, you think about life, you think about words that you want to set in your life and what God's going to do and what you're going to do and, Um, you know what we put a pause button on that for here until February and I I invite you in this room uh, for the month of February uh, because we're going to impart to you uh, vision and action and uh, what uh, we as a church and what we as leadership have been praying and our direction for not only Um, this church but our direction within our community and your direction as an individual as a part of this body so i just highly encourage you uh to make it a point even if it's 10 below zero to be here uh in february uh to be a part of what god is going to do throughout the year of 2023 and then some um i i I, i've got to confess Uh, (laughs) so uh, two weeks ago when we first started this series the best um, I was wrapping up and I was washing my hands in the restroom I had put my sermon on the shelf in the restroom and uh, turned off the faucet and I reached for a paper towel and in reaching for the paper towel my sermon came off the shelf And it was like a leaf falling from a tree, almost in slow motion, just kind of drifting right into the wastebasket. And I thought, my first thought was, I can't do that again. That's pretty awesome. And my second thought was, God, may this not be an ominous sign of what's to come. (laughs) So hopefully that doesn't take us all the way through year of 2023 with every Sunday just being in the wastebasket um, no, I don't, I don't think so, but I, I, I thought it was really funny and I forgot to mention, so hopefully it's not an ominous sign for today, uh, for your listening ears, um, but uh, <laughs> I just ha- I had to laugh, it was really, really funny. Um, this morning, I, I'd like for you to open up to Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah chapter 18, or if you have your phone, you can pull out your phone, use your Bible app. Uh, I know a lot of our teenagers next door uh, are using their Bible apps uh, while we go through a small group uh, each and every Wednesday night. Um, Wednesday night has already begun, so if you're looking for something to, to chew on on Wednesday nights, Digging Deepers here on Wednesday night, and we also have our youth group over there. You can be a youth for a day. It's okay. Um, learn, learn with our teenagers. Um, it doesn't hurt. Uh, but uh, Jeremiah chapter 18, we're going to jump right in <clears throat> to verse 1. If you'd follow along with me. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house. And there I will give you a message, my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred. In the Hebrew it's. To ruin, he was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as as seemed best to him. Underline that if you can, or highlight that. Shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel can I not do with you as the potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand. Now many of us would like to stop there, but we need to continue. O house of Israel, if at any time I announce that a nation or a kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation... I warned, repents of its evil. Then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. I'll put a pause there. If you want further study, go read Jonah chapters 1 through 4. That will give you some insight to his words right there. Back into it. And if at another time I announce that a nation or a kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. Heavenly Father, uh, as we pause in the presence of God and we reach out for a word from you. We ask that you speak, but I also ask that there is some struggle in reaching out for what you speak. Oftentimes, things we want things to land in our lap and we do not want to struggle for what we desire to hear. But Lord, today may we struggle with what it is that you want to speak into our life may we do some work to hear that word and may that word be worked out into our life jesus i love you and i ask that your holy spirit speak through this moment and through me in your name we pray today amen jeremiah this is during a, a time in the nation of israel where the leaders the spiritual leaders and most of the people were living lives in such a way that they were distancing themselves from their God. And the Lord had a word through the prophet Jeremiah. And the Lord told Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house. I kind of imagine this moment of Jeremiah somewhat like Amy and I experienced on vacation. Some of you may know, some of you may not, it's okay, but... Um, but uh, I kind of have an affinity for pottery. Um, I don't know where it happened. I've tried to figure that out. Maybe it was Sunday afternoons, watching an Antique road show trying to guesstimate the value of Ohio pottery. Uh, I, I recall when I was a kid, we would go on vacation to visit Grandma, and we would go through Zanesville, Ohio, to PA. And I later learned that Zanesville was like the hotbed of Ohio pottery and Roseville pottery. Um, or it was my mom's. Bean pot that used to be my grandma's. I, I don't know where my affinity came from, but I, I just love pottery. Um, in fact, when we were in Israel, I spent like two hours while everybody was looking at the castle in Nimrod. I was looking at the ground, looking for pot shards. I don't know. Shiny objects, maybe. Um, but when uh, Amy and I started to go to national parks, we kind of started this tradition of, of purchasing um, mugs. I mean, creative for coffee owners, right? Coffee shop owners. We started buying mugs from the national parks. Now, the first time in Yellowstone, when you walk into the gift shop, it was mug after mug after mug. And when I started to pick up the mugs, I realized that, most of the mugs that were in the shop were from China. So I had to be very intentional to, to look for mugs that were not from China. So I had to pick them up and look on the bottom of them. And, and uh, Amy and I began to buy handcrafted mugs that were, whether they were from the, the local artists or from the region or from just within the state. And in Glacier, West Glacier, we actually went into, rather than buying a mug from a store that actually holds, that are, are, are uh, selling mugs from local artists, we actually went to Montana Earthware, And this was the place where the artists made the mugs. And I opened the door, and the first thing I was hit with was this musty, smell that grounded me and we walked in the door and the shelves were full of mugs such as this one plates and bowls and water pitchers and and all other type of utilitarian tools they were finished they were glossy they were shiny they were painted and then when you scan behind the counter there were a lot of the same but they were unfinished just smelling that that mustiness just took me somewhere else and we looked around and I was looking for the right mug and then the artist came through from the back and I noticed her hands her hands were still caked with clay dried on her hands and splotted all over her apron and so we picked a mug that was made from the earth right there in Montana, in West Glacier, from an artist who formed that. I, wondered if, I wonder if Jeremiah himself experienced somewhat of the same when he went into the potter's house. When he stepped through the door, he was, may have been hit in the face with this mustiness of the earthenware, the heat of the kiln, of maybe some, some pots that were already getting fired and he stood there watching the potter work on his wheel the hands with water as the potter was handcrafting a utilitarian object to be used by someone bringing up the sides smoothing out the contour, deepening the vessel. See, Jeremiah got to experience something that Amy and I did not get to experience. The work of the artist being done. The word potter literally means fashioner, former. And he stood there as the potter was working and forming and fashioning that object smoothing it out. I wonder if Jeremiah, if he, his mind went to the beginning of humanity. Where God Himself was taking the dust of the earth, the finest particles, and forming and fashioning human clay, smoothing out the sides etching out the eyes. And rather than throwing the human clay into the kiln to be fired, he actually did mouth to mouth or mouth to nostril resuscitation, breathing his being into man. Now, that man becoming created in the image of God. That artwork standing before him. I wonder if Jeremiah kind of pondered that moment as he was watching the potter and the clay spin on the wheel. But there was something in this moment that only the potter noticed. Jeremiah didn't notice it. The potter eyed the clay on the wheel in the spinning action of that clay with his hands on on the clay forming the sides, the contour, smoothing it out he noticed there was something wrong with the pot now I know clay can't think and clay can't talk but that, that object didn't know that it was marred that object didn't know it was deficient that object didn't know that in the long run there would be something detrimentally wrong with it. Yet with the eyes of the potter, the the potter knew. could see it. He understood it. I'm reminded of the moment that Jesus and his disciples were walking through the streets of Jerusalem one day. This is recalled by John one of Jesus' disciples. There was a man on the side of the road, a man who had been blind since birth. And the disciples filtering their circumstance through their own thinking, and the, the thinking of the day, the mainstream ideas. They asked Jesus a question. This is, this is in John chapter 8. They asked him a question. Who sinned? This man or his parents? That he was born blind. They're assuming sin was in the mix here. Sin was the reason, the cause for the man's blindness. Now Jesus, seeing through beneath the skin, beneath the circumstance, z- Jesus actually seeing beyond the reasoning of the day and the moment, and understanding the purpose for which life was created, he gave them an answer that really probably rocked them. Neither he or his parents sinned. Shocking. Jesus said, no. This was done so that the work of God might be on display in his life. Following that moment, Jesus knelt down. And he spit on the ground. Saliva is fascinating. It's fascinating. Maybe only dentists understand the fascination, but... Saliva, 1 to 2% of your saliva is made up of antibacterial compounds, mucus, enzymes, and proteins. The other 98 to 99% of your saliva is made of water. Let us not forget DNA. Where you drink, you leave your DNA everywhere. Yes, please spit in your hands and shake each other's hands later. May there be an exchange of DNA and water. How about that? why we don't do that here anymore. (laughs) Because we don't know where your hands have been. We don't know if you spit in them or not. But Jesus, kneeling down, he hocked a loogie or two. And as he's kneeling down, pools are being formed. And with his fingers... Don't miss this. With his fingers, he's forming mud. The living water. Spit his water onto the ground, forming mud with his fingers. And then he picked that mud up and smoothed it, dabbed it, and blotted over the eyes of the blind man. Then he told the blind man, Go to the pool of Siloam, which means sent. He was sent to the pool, called sent, to wash off his eyes. And when he had gone, and he washed the mud off his eyes, he saw for the first time. Now, remember what Jesus said, that this this was neither His parents nor his, his fault, that He was blind. But this would be so that the work of God might be, be displayed in His life. And for the very first time, He actually saw the work of God displayed all around Him through creation. Yet at the very same time, this man... This man himself displayed the work of God. He saw the work of God displayed, but he himself was a work of God on display. Now, I think this is where many of us have this moment where he was probably better off now being able to see. But he was no more or less a man made in the image of God when he was blind as he was when he was seeing the difference here is that he was a work of God on display because he was actually in the hands of Jesus Christ and for the very first time both blind and seeing a work of God was on display Jeremiah standing watching the potter work on the wheel saw the potter doing a work the work was on display for for jeremiah to see and in that moment the potter seemed to pause and stop the process but it really wasn't a pause or a stopping in the process it was a continuation of the process because he took that clay And he formed and shaped something way different than what it was. It was a recreation moment. It was ruined and he recreated it to be an object used. There was a purpose for which it was created. We, you... You, you are at your best when you fulfill the work for which you were created. You, your kids, your sons and your daughters, you, you are at your best. Not when you work 70 hours. Not when you sign your name to the documents that need to be shipped off. Not when you are at the peak of your perform- athletic performance. Not when you have all the money in the account. Not when you're out of debt. Not when necessarily when you're the healthiest. not necessarily when you're retired and you've made the journey. No, you are at your best when you fulfill the work for which you were created. That means that all of us in this room, regardless of our age, stage of life, regardless of our education and our backgrounds, regardless of our past, regardless of what people put on us, what we think about ourselves, that all of us can be at our best. When, and only when, we are fulfilling the purpose for which we were created. Now, you might be wondering, I don't even know the purpose for which I was created. When we look at each of the stories, we look at Jeremiah and the potter's Wheel. and the forming of of humanity out of God's hands and we look at the story in John chapter 8. The clay was in close contact, intimate contact with the creator hand to hand being formed pressing delicate light hard thumping it was all within the hands of the creator you cannot be at your best when we are at a distance from our creator You are at your best when the Creator is working and forming you. You know, when I walked into that shop and I saw all the finished product shining on the shelf, painted, formed, fired and ready for sale. I realize that I'm not the finished product and neither are you, we're all works in progress. However much I don't like it, I still need to be put in fire. However much you don't like it, you still need to be put in fire. Our God is a consuming fire. Don't think for a moment that when you're in the fire that you're away from the creator, the artist. No. Our God is a consuming fire. He's at work while you're in the fire. He's also at work while you're right into his hands. You're at your best when you fulfill the purpose for which you were created. Your best Begins with your soul in the hands of your Creator. Today, you might feel like a lump of clay. Yep. God sees. God sees what that lump of clay is going to be is going to do that there might be a work of God on display fact is just like the blind man who was able to see he was the work of God on display congratulations you are a work of God on display you are at the same time God's work is being displayed all around you because of you so if it's hurting if it feels really hot if it hurts God's doing his work Allow them to do it. Allow them to do it. You are at your best when you're fulfilling the purpose for which you were created. You're at your best when you're still on the wheel. When you're still on the wheel. Some of you have tried to do life just like the people of Israel they chose things that were distant that put distance between them and God recognize today whether or not your life is moving you further and further and further allow them to put you on the wheel Form fashion. Would you mind bowing your heads just for a moment. God, you are the great equalizer. You are the great artist. Lord Jesus, I, I ask on behalf of everyone here and those listening online. Lord, you're better at at creating than we are. You've called us to create, but you're better at this. You know the medium. You know it so well. We are human clay in your hands. Lord, you might actually be seeing where we're marred, where we're moving to ruin, where we're not useful for the purpose. And Lord Jesus, I ask today that we allow ourselves to be malleable and molded in the hands of our Creator. Thrown into the kiln, into the fire, into the heat. We ask that today. I lift up those that have tried to do their life apart from you. Lord, will you reveal yourself to them? Open their eyes. For the very first time. May they see. May they see that The fingers that are working on their life. May they see that you've been there the whole time, but they've tried to take control of things. Maybe they thought their life was not even a value to be displayed. The fact is that, man, you bring us value, God. We are made with your image. You give us value and dignity, integrity. Lord, may their life maybe for the first time, be now on display and they realize it, that you have created them in a way that, and shaped them in such a way to be used by you. God, we have purpose and meaning for our life. But Lord, you do know that hope, there's a time where hope will end. whether we breathe our last or you return, there is a time that hope will, And May we not take advantage of hope today, but may we grasp it and hold on to it. And I ask on behalf of Wapak Naz, the people that, that say this is, my, this is my home, this is my faith family, this is my church, I lift them up, God, and I ask that they allow their lives. To be molded and shaped. They allow the difficulties. They allow the fire. They allow you to recreate if necessary. That we become the workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Jars of clay holding the treasure of the gospel. And we go out and we are used... By God, that we are at our best, Lord, I trust you with our people, and I thank you that you know better than we. I love you, Father. I love you. It's in your name that we pray today. Amen. You mind just standing realize that was just a convoluted prayer. <laughs> it's all right. Folks, we love you. We pray for you. And if uh, nobody's ever said it, we're proud of you. We're proud of you. May you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And we please love your neighbor as yourself. Go bangles. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Nas podcast. We hope you were moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you and that you were moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.